play action for Kirk from under center. Straight drop. Kirk trying to win it to Thielen. Caught at the five. Cousins, Thielen, 42 on the Saints. Kirk takes the snap. Looks right. Fade left. End zone. And it is caught. Touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie. And thank you for spending some time with us today. We've got Miles and Ryan on the podcast with me in this weird March period. It's not free agency yet. It's free agency next week. We just had the combine, which relates to the draft, but that's in April. Makes no sense to me at all, but here we are. But on the heels of the combine, we got a little bit of sense of what the draft pool looks like now. We know what the Vikings team needs are in the offseason. And GM Rick Spielman, head coach Mike Zimmer, they've got some decisions to make. They got to ask what's the best way to fill the roster needs. We're taking both the draft and free agency into account today. We're going to choose positions that the Vikings should draft and positions the Vikings should sign in free agency starting with you ryan you ready to go if you had to pick your number one free agent priority and your number one draft priority what would they be for the minnesota vikings in 2020 yeah absolutely uh taking a look at what i've you know been able to gather from the the combine and looking over at the free agency draft or the, the list of free agents that we have uh, this year. I think our number one priority for free agency should be the defensive tackle position. Um, it could be either the three tech because we don't currently have one really on roster that's noteworthy or uh, be looking at nose tackle if we do decide to depart uh, from Limbaugh Joseph. There's, there's a lot of good options in the draft to address this as well. However, looking at the free agency class, there's a lot of good bargain options I'm hoping that we can take advantage of. Again, looking at the three tech, there's guys like Jaron Reed and uh, Shelby Harris out there that really look strong, who've coming, coming off of good campaigns that I think uh, could really come in and bring some value into the organization as lesser expensive options. Obviously, there's the big guys like Chris Jones and Leonard Williams out there, but that's just not realistic with our cap situation. Addressing the nose tackle position, I really, really, really am high on Jordan Phillips. Uh, No surprise, an Oklahoma guy. I love my Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, However, he did just come off of a fantastic campaign, uh, registering nine sacks in a very, very deep defensive tackle rotation that they have going on in Buffalo. Um, and, you know, we got ties to Leslie Frazier there, which is which is uh, pretty interesting. I'm glad that he was able to thrive under our old coach. So I, I think that really we can find a lot of value um, in this free agency class at the defensive tackle position that really has me excited. Now, taking a, taking a look at uh, forward at the draft, the, the one area that I don't think there is a lot of value um, in the free agency class is offensive tackle. However, it is an extremely deep position in the NFL draft. Um, Again, everyone's looking for offensive tackle uh, nowadays, and and there is definitely a shortage in the NFL. So it is something that I think we should be addressing early uh, in this draft and and taking a look. 
Um, there, there's obviously the top four guys uh, that are typically mentioned for this amazing offensive tackle class. However, taking a look past those guys, there's uh, a couple of high upside but potential small project guys that we can bring in and they can learn from uh, Riley Reef. Or if we feel that they came in and they are just ready to roll, maybe it's a situation where we push Reef inside to the left guard position. Uh, but guys like Josh Jones, Lucas Niang, who's just not getting talked up enough because he did have to miss the combine due to a, a surgery he had in the offseason here. Prince Tiga Wanago uh, is another guy I really like. Uh, Austin Jackson, Ben Barch, uh, Ezra Cleveland. I mean, the list goes on. There's just a, a very, very deep class that I think we could take advantage of grabbing one of those guys in the first or second rounds um, and, and really get to see quite a bit of value because literally all those guys I mentioned meet the athletic profile that we would need out of an offensive tackle in our scheme. I love it. Defensive tackle is also my number one priority for free agency. And offensive tackle is also my number one priority for the draft. We're in complete agreement here. And uh, regarding offense, offensive tackle, I'm not going to get on the stand about Riley Reef again, whether you want him to replace him or not. Just the draft is the way to go here. Uh, you look at the free agent pool. There's literally, I mean, Anthony Casanzo and Jack Conklin, and they're going to make bank that the Vikings don't have. You got Andrew Whitworth, Jason Peters are both players I wanted four years ago, but now that age is up there. And nobody else in free agency is going to be better than Riley Reef has given us. But when you look at the draft, it's just, it's so loaded. I mean, Mecky Becton and Tristan Wurst had to set themselves apart at the Combine. Uh, you look at Andrew Thomas from Georgia, a guy who probably isn't going to fall from us. But like you said, uh, Jedrick Wills, Josh Jones, Austin Jackson, like this is the draft. This is the draft. You get another young stud offensive tackle. This is your first round pick, in my opinion. And this is where the Vikings start the 2020 season with two young elite offensive tackles to protect Kirk Cousins. Just do it. Miles, what you got? Yeah, I'm all about drafting a tackle early and in the first round, like y'all are saying. My issue is if the offense, if the left tackle is ready to to play and play at a level, even to a Riley Reefs level as a rookie. But we don't have to get into that now. That's a conversation for later. Uh, if they if they end up drafting a, a, a left tackle at at 25 or in the first round or or with their first pick, however they do it, we'll have that conversation <laughs> then. Flip because I know that. <laughs> We don't need to go down that down that road right now. Um, uh, for me, right now though, um, I'm kind of having uh, a little bit of an issue because you said we have to address one yes. or the other. And for me, the biggest needs, at least defensively, for me, um, I do agree that defensive tackle three tech is a is a major need. But I I also believe that uh, coverage dictates a lot for uh, a defense, and that the Vikings are really hurting. Uh, they only have one one safety on the roster under a contract heading into 2020. Uh, we know that'll change, but as of right now, they only have one. They'll need at least two more. Uh, and then cornerback, they only have three guys um, under contract heading into 2020. One of them has, is coming off a broken neck. Uh, one of them came off a, a suspension, and then one of them is uh, a seventh-round rookie that was a good special teams player. So there's a lot of 
unknowns heading into the secondary in 2020 for the Vikings. And I, I believe in and trust in Zim to be able to coach up a lot of those guys, but those positions still need to be addressed because they're extremely important. Um, we know it's clear that Anthony Harris is likely not to be back just because of the cost. Tom Pelissero came out and said that they, he expects Anthony Harris to get upwards of $14 million, uh, per year. Could it even be more than that. That's crazy, but I mean, good for him. Go get that money. Uh, the Vikings just can't obviously can't afford that. So for me, if we're going to go on this down this down this road of pick one in the in free agency and pick one in the draft, I'm going to lean just because I think it's a deeper free agent class and a deeper uh, and the the draft class is really deep. But I, I believe the Vikings should address safety in free agency uh, and then cornerback in, uh, in the draft. So for me. Free agency wise, there's a few options that uh, for guys that you could probably get at a, a pretty good rate that are pretty solid players. Um, Rodney McLeod from Philadelphia. Um, I worry a little bit about what his cost might be, but he was a good player for Philadelphia. Um, Tavon Wilson from the uh, Detroit Lions. We know him well. Yeah. Um, he was good for Detroit. Uh, Trey Boston. He's been all around the league the last few years, but he's a guy that every the last few years he's gotten extremely cheap contracts. But he's played really well, uh, and he's still only 28 years old. And he's a guy that can fly around at the um, and kind of play that Anthony Harris role of being a guy that can go get the football, but he's also can play over the top a little bit more and has that little bit of versatility. Um, so there's a few guys on that on that um, rage and safety list that um, the Vikings could really look to address. And then I also believe that um, Anderson Deo is a, a likely candidate to come back at. Likely, what would be the veteran minimum, or maybe just a tick above that? I don't know sure. what that number would exactly look like, but it sounds like the Vikings have every intention to bring him back. So, um, those are kind of the names for me in free agency that I'd look and expect the, the Vikings to kind of address at safety in the draft. Wow, there are there are a lot of names. I mean, and there's so many different avenues they, the Vikings can go because, like Mike Hughes, has that flexibility. Do, does Mike Zimmer see Mike Hughes as more of like a, a fit at nickel? Because if that's the case, they can make keep their focus on finding another guy on the outside. If they keep Mike Hughes on the outside, that focus has really got to be in the nickel position. Um, and there's a few a couple guys that could fit that. Um, I also believe there's a couple guys in Frigent that could fit that, but we're not going to go down that road. But in the draft, I mean, the first round, if the Vikings were going to take somebody at 25, guys like Trayvon Diggs, Christian Fulton, Jeff Gladney. Um, those are a few names that, that really pop out for guys that the Vikings could look at to explore at that pick. I know Ryan's guy, Jalen Johnson from Utah. Uh, he's a guy I think is more of a day two player. That's just my opinion, but that, I don't, that's not even like a There's slight against him. There's just too many good ones. There's he could too be a guy that's interesting. There, he's a big there, physical There can only be so many going the first. Um, right? Roberts. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot. So that's kind of, right. Well, and that's kind of why I leaned going uh, cornerback in the draft just because there are so many. And we know that Zimmer can coach him up. And then for me, uh, Amik Robertson from Louisiana Tech, he's a nickel corner. He's small, but, man, that guy's got a lot of ability. He's a ball hawk. He's, a, he's feisty. He's a tackler. He's, a, he's that kind of player that I think even for his size, Zimmer would love, to, would love to bring in. So there's a few guys I think the Vikings could really look to explore. Troy Pride from Notre Dame is a guy I like too. Um, he's more of like a probably a third-round player. But if the Vikings were to wait or even double dip in the draft, Cornerback, uh, he's a guy that I would I'd definitely look at. Yeah, I like that uh, that Virginia kid, Bryce Hall, too. And uh, Auburn's Auburn's got yeah, another Nigerian, Noah 
a Ben O'Henney. Uh, those are early day yeah, two guys. He, he, was a, he was a former wide receiver, so he's still kind of making that trans, transition to to cornerback. And you can kind of see it on film. Some and of the Damon technique Arnett. isn't isn't quite there, but um, I think yeah, he does I was have say, some Damon of that Arnett too. He uh, he started the whole draft process pretty low, and then shot up the rankings. And now people are kind of middling on him again, where he they're looking at him as a late second round, early third round pick, and. You know, I see a lot of upside there. He got overshadowed by Akuda uh, and and um, um, I forget their other corner who decided to stay in the in the um, in school this year. But uh, Wade, Wade, Sean Wade. So you know, he he got overshadowed a little bit by those two elite talents. But you know, he did the Duke can ball. So you know, he's another guy that I I wouldn't mind looking at in the second round for sure. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page, especially looking at the day two guys. I Cornerback is tough. It's not a day one need for me. I think the only defensive back I'd take in the first round, obviously Trayvon Diggs, great genes, great genes. But corner is tough to choose draft or free agency. Probably the right answer, like you said, Miles, is both. And you, you know, brought up the key the key focus around cornerback. What is Mike Hughes? Is Mike Hughes CB one? Right. I mean, heading into the season, he kind of he kind of has to be heading into the season just because I think he's the best of the three that they currently have on roster. The question is just is he healthy and where do they view him being most efficient? He does have that position flexibility. Right. I mean, I believe he can be an outside cornerback and excel at it being an outside cornerback, but. He gives you that flexibility if you feel you find somebody that fits better on the outside. He can play in the nickel and be and be pretty good at it. Well, they could also go for maybe one of those mid-tier cornerbacks. Like uh, they had success with Anton Winfield. They've had success with Captain Munnerlyn. Maybe they could get like right. a James Bradbury, who's a free agent this year, or a Logan Ryan in-house. Ooh, but I think though, yeah, great. I think those guys are going to be pricey. So we're talking about. Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, I'm cool. <laughs> a mid a, a, a mid tier free agent and a mid round cornerback, and then hopefully the safety they sign is enough to bring that entire defensive back group, you know, together after a down year for them, for the Zim Reapers. So let's let's see. We've got definitely. Free agent priorities right now are defensive tackle and safety. Draft priorities are cornerback and offensive tackle. Uh, how do you guys feel so far about these? Good? Good. I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for me. Yeah, I, I'm all about trying to beef up those, uh, beef, up, beef up the lines. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we lost this year um, when it came to the playoffs. We, we got beat every, every game we lost. Our offensive line got beat up by a really good defensive line, and our defensive line didn't always create the best pressure up the middle uh, that we really needed. So I'm I'm big on beefing up the lines, but obviously, like Miles said, we we really have needs in the secondary that need to be addressed. And again, the exercise is to pick one. Uh, but you know, I think we covered all of our core needs that we really need here this year. Well, and and if you look at the the Vikings, are obviously in a a horrible cap situation, so they're not going to no matter how they go about it, whether it's uh, releasing Linval Joseph and Xavier Rhodes. Overall, they're not going to have a lot of money to play with. So if they're going to 
go into free agency going after positions that are, are likely are a little less um, expensive in free agency. Uh, defensive tackle, especially some of the mid-tier guys, lower-tier guys. And then safety is, is a lot cheaper than a cornerback. So then using like an offensive tackle is an expensive position to go after in, the, in free agency, as the Vikings know. So you look at it, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna address those positions in the draft, those are cost-controlled players you're gonna have for four to five years. And that's an important thing the Vikings are gonna need to do, especially with not knowing what the situation is at the quarterback position moving forward after 2020 and what that contract might look like. So a lot of things that weigh those options for the Vikings, but I think I do think exploring those and making sure that you're you're using the money the right way and then piggybacking that off with how um, the draft lines up with the depth and the talent of those players. And I think we've kind of hit on a lot of that right so far. Yeah. And so that means it's my turn. And after addressing the core needs, as Ryan put it, I think it's time to have some fun. Starting with the draft, they got to go in and get a wide receiver. So, you know, free agency has some interesting... My man. (laughs) Free agency has some interesting players. Guys who can stretch the field are probably the best specialists in the wide receiver free agent pool. Uh, somebody who can fit in as a wide receiver three, stretch that field, be a deep threat. Maybe you could convince yourself to get that in free agency with like a Brashad Perriman or Robbie Anderson. They're both burners. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders should draw interest high in free agency, early in free agency. He's a great wide out, even though he's 33 years old. But again, that age for what the Vikings have with Diggs and Thielen Diggs on his second contract now. Thielen is nearing 30 years old. I just think it's obvious. It's time to get a young guy. It was it was time last year, to be honest. So they're a year too late, in my opinion. But luckily, this draft is deep at wide receiver. Behind Diggs and Thielen, we got to see the Vikings dig in. Obviously not at the top of the draft, but find a guy on day two, like a Justin Jefferson, the LSU product, who tested well at the Combine, or the hometown hero, Tyler Johnson, University of Minnesota, or uh, even a Michael Pittman Jr. out of Southern California. Just a flyer on a higher level wide receiver prospect coming out of a deep class. Uh, It would really complete the draft for me if they're able to get an offensive tackle and a cornerback as well. I love it. I agree. Yeah. Now, in free agency, I'm going to have, you know, even a little bit more fun because, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes that you can make in the draft. And with free agency coming before it, it's almost an opportunity to prevent yourself from making a mistake. What's one of the most routine mistakes we've seen the Minnesota Vikings make again and again and again. They draft specialists. They're drafting kickers. They're drafting punters. And I don't want none of that in the 2020 draft. So look, Britton Colquitt and Dan Bailey are both getting older. I guess, do I have to pick kicker or punter? Or can I just say both? Because we don't really care about these positions. <laughs> you can say both, but I mean, I mean, we definitely care about them. We know that they're like, they have an important level to them. <laughs> we care but more I'm than, not- we care more than most fan bases because of how screwed over we've gotten by these two positions right. in the past. Do you want to see probably- him draft another kicker? 
No. No, you know, you know I don't. Okay, well then we're on the same page because look, Dan Bailey is getting up there, but he's a free agent. He might be a little pricey. He might dig into some of that cap hit when the Vikings don't have space for it. I could easily see Rick Spielman convincing himself that he's going to go get a cheap kicker in the draft, and I would hate to see it. The free agent kicker pool is fine. It actually has it has Kai Forbat, Dan Bailey, and Dan Carlson are all free agents this year, free agent kickers. So just, you know, re-sign Dan Bailey. Don't make this too complicated. And if you're priced out of Dan Bailey, that doesn't mean go to the draft. That means like bring Nick Folk in or, you know, get Algic Roses. I'm looking at these guys' names for the first time. I just, it, it, the details don't matter. Just make sure it's a free agent and not a draft pick. The same goes with punter. I don't think the Vikings are going to be too active in free agency. So I'm not trying to develop a long laundry list of needs that they need to sign. Just get your defensive tackle in the house, get your get your safety next to Harrison Smith, and then get a few specialists and let's head to the, towards the draft to get the young guys who are actually going to help this team improve. Yeah, and Thomason today, Thomason today reported that uh, we have intentions of re-signing Britton Colquitt, which is, I think, good news. He, I think he had a fantastic year. I don't know if there's a lot to do with him holding the ball, and that's why Dan Bailey had another or had an actual good year with us versus his year one. But you know, it, he's a fun personality, fun guy in the locker room, provides some stability at the position, and had a heck of a year. I'm all for bringing him back as long as it's affordable. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it sounds like well, in that same tweet, Thomason said that the plan was to, for it to happen before free agency starts. Sounds like the Vikings haven't made any decisions on Linval and Xavier yet, just for the fact that uh, it sounds like they want to see what, what the CBA decision is because that CBA decision could determine the Vikings' dead cap situations because like Brad from uh, Over the Cap was tweeting out this yesterday. I kind of asked him about it. The Vikings might be able to split the amount of dead cap if the CBA goes through. They might be able to split and then they could post June 1 cut Rhodes and Linval. Their uh, dead cap hits would split in 2020 and in 2021 in half. So rather than taking on those uh, bigger numbers in one year, they could split them in half in two years. So I'm sure that's a, a big um, selling point for the Vikings and, and how much they're paying somebody uh, and accruing dead cap in one year and compared to two years. So that's a, sounds like that was part of that. And then with that same thing with Brent Colquitt, he said, it sounds like the plan would be like a multi-year deal, like a three-year deal. And he even said two years guaranteed out of the three. So I don't know. Obviously those are speculative details, but that sounds like, sounds like that's what Thomason was, was hearing from Colquitt's end. Yeah. That was a lot of good information there, Miles. Uh, a three-year deal would, with Colquitt would be great. I would expect his salary to double. He only made 930000 last year. So hopefully if you go longer term, maybe the salary doesn't double. Maybe you can get him at a little bit of a discount. But more importantly, what you said about just how Rick Spielman and his front office are trying to weigh their options with how they allocate this cap space, the effect of the CBA. We've got a lot of fans right now who are upset that the Vikings haven't made a bunch of roster moves, haven't made some cuts or made done some re-signings early. Well, 
things are in flux right now. So I think the Vikings are actually being really smart in weighing those options rather than just taking action, going, going at it before they know the full details and all the information they need to make smart decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Next week, free agency starts. When does the legal tampering period start? It's like Monday at like, it's either at noon or three. I, um, I, I'm not 100% okay, sure. Okay, so the sign of a good free agency is that tampering period starts. We start hearing that the Vikings are looking to sign some defensive tackles, Shelby yeah. Harris. Don't expect to hear anything. Vikings that week. Oh, well, I, I'm, trying the, to, I'm trying to paint a rosy picture for people right now, Miles. Come on, man. Come on. We've got we've hey, got pandemics quick. going around and, and you trying to ruin the fun even on the podcast. My bet, my bet. Can I can I say one thing real quick about the draft or uh free agency too? The Vikings should address if their plan isn't to bring uh isn't to use someone like uh Drew Samia or to bring him competition or just bring back Dakota Dozier if their plan was to go bring in an outside free agent at left guard, they should do it through free agency and not the draft. That was just going to be my other point um, because the the draft isn't as strong at interior offensive line, and I think the Vikings have a lot of different needs that do fit the draft. So them trying to find that spot in the draft to find another left guard doesn't really fit there. So I think if they can go cheap, semi-cheap at left guard and free agency, but an improvement over at Pat Elfline, that could be a minor move that could help them quite a bit. Y'all write that down at home now. I hope you're taking notes on what the needs are in free agency and what the needs are in the draft. Let's go a little roundtable, just positions that we didn't bring up at the top. So clearly these are more secondary needs or more, more wants than needs. Ryan, do you think they should draft a quarterback? a backup quarterback, or do you think they should sign a backup quarterback? Absolutely draft a backup quarterback. Again, I, I've been pretty vocal on, on where I want to go with this pick <laughs> or who I want in this draft uh, in terms of you know the future of the organization. I don't think that's the direction we'll end up going, but getting a, a guy in the you know third or later rounds uh, would be fantastic. I think Jalen Hurts is... Uh, playing himself out of our range in terms of that you know third round and later prediction but there's guys out in the draft like an anthony gordon um james morgan and um you know this kid out of hawaii i'm drawing a blank on his name but you know these are guys that again they're not going to blow your socks off they're not going to probably steal kirk's job uh but they'll be reliable high upside um backups for us for the long for the long term uh, which is always a good just having a develop a, a guy to develop consistently is very important and it's better to do that on a cheap you know middle round contract than it is to sign a guy out of free agency what do you think miles yep um i agree i mean i i expect that the draft is going to be thought where they look to bring in a quarterback for the first time since teddy bridgewater the vikings don't like to draft quarterbacks unless it's an immediate need so if they could get ahead of that a little bit, I would. I'm all for it. Give me Jordan Love. Give me Jordan Love. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah, a, man. That'd be it. That's a I, tough one to maneuver, but I mean, I'm all I, for I'm it. I'm a no on Jordan Love, man. I just, I don't like these tier two guys. I don't. I just don't see Jordan Love as anything more than a project into with a Kirk Cousins upside. 
I, I'm not in love with Justin Herbert. If you can get them on day two, great. But there's so many quarterback needy teams that they're going to go early. And, you know, I, now if you're talking Anthony Gordon or Jalen Hurts, great. I'm on board. But some of these mid-tier quarterbacks just you start looking at past quarterback drafts and you start remembering all the hype before them and just these quarterbacks bust a lot, man. Paxton Lynch. I and I, I I do agree with that statement, but I also agree, or I guess I also go with the the thought process of if you feel that that's your guy and you, you're going to have to take a swing and, and try to try to hit that. That's what teams do. And you're going to miss, you're going to hit. And, and more often you're probably going to miss and you are going to hit. But if you do get that guy and you have that guy that has that high upside, that has the talent and, and, and we can coach him up and, and really turn him into a fantastic player. I mean, that's obviously the goal, but you don't, you don't find those guys unless you, unless you, you know, take a shot. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, you know. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Uh, you, so you got to be able. So to, does you Love do have it. high upside? Oh, he's loaded with. In my opinion, from what I've seen, obviously 2019 was rough, but 2018 is fantastic tape. He lost nine starters and had a whole new coaching staff come in. Um, so you know he's playing with new guys and uh, in a new system. He's He's to reload talented players because. The Mountain West isn't going to really, really reload like the the SEC, the, any of the Power Five schools, really. Right. Yeah, but his main flaw is accuracy, and that is just paramount in the NFL. Well, his main flaw this last year was decision making, not necessarily accuracy. Where I think he's forcing stuff because he he felt pressed um, without without the talent around him. But if you look at that 2018 tape, I mean, it's it is fantastic. And again, he he's got the size, he's got the um, escapability, he's got the launch, you know, different launch points for throwing the ball, and he's got a big arm. I mean, again. Not one of those things is just solely important by itself, but when you put all that into one package, it it, it doesn't always work out. But I, he's a guy I'm willing to to make that bet on uh, more more so than most of these other guys that we've talked about. All right, I get you know better than I do, and I agree. They they got to draft a quarterback because they're going to have a name behind Kirk Cousins. They're going to have a name at quarterback too. We're not talking Sean Mannion or Trevor Simeon. You just look at the free agent quarterback pool and it's just loaded, loaded with free, with mediocre quarterbacks. I mean, if Marcus Mariota doesn't get starter interest and winds up behind Kirk, that's that's terrible. If I just don't like any of them, if they bring in like a, a Derek Carr, if he gets released, Nobody's going to be happy about that for a team after drafting Teddy Bridgewater and the injury. And now Teddy's going to go get starter money. Derek Carr would just be a strong punch in the gut. And the worst option, he's got history with Gary Kubiak, Joe Flacco. Flacco traded by the Ravens, cut from the Broncos. Back in purple, I... I'm upset Bar. just I don't, thinking about the it. The Vikings don't really have they don't really have the money to bring in any of those kind of quarterbacks anyways. So I don't expect them to be able to go spend like there's one so the Gary Kubiak connection, Brandon Allen, 
he's a guy that I could see the Vikings, if he doesn't get tendered by the Broncos, he's a restricted free agent. He's someone I could see them bringing as like a camp body potential to be the backup um, because he's familiar with the system while they still draft somebody. But we're going to see more, like if they bring in a vet quarterback to, to either backup or to compete to be the backup, it's going to be someone in that Sean Mannion vein where they're extremely cheap because they can't afford the two, three, four million dollar backup quarterbacks. That's just something they can't do. They can't put the money toward that right now. See, I I would agree with you in a normal year, but there's just so many free agent quarterbacks that I think those prices get driven down. And you could see you hope you hope so. Oh, for sure, I'm with you. I'm just saying I don't. No, like I don't. To, hope like so. you're looking at guys, but I'm but I'm saying I'm saying like you're talking about guys like Marcus Mariota. If Derek Carr got cut, those guys aren't coming in and making even two million, those guys are gonna make a lot more money than that. Like even like a like a Blake Bortles might be an option. He made a million dollars last year for the Rams. He was the backup quarterback, so he's a little bit more familiar with that system now, that outside zone scheme system. So I mean there I, I agree there are gonna be some guys that are gonna be cheaper, but they're not gonna be in that same tier as a Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, um, some of those guys those higher end, whether you want to call them backups or fringe starters, like there's not going to be you're not going to get that level of player as your backup quarterback for pennies on the dollar. That's just not going to happen. I I disagree. I think that there's too many there's not enough chairs for all these guys and that a, a guy like a Derek Carr or a Flacco is going to try to, you know, they're going to seek out that 3 or 4 million dollars sure, but it's uh, up in the air whether a team's going to come back in when they've got so many op- other options in free agency and you've got a quarterback draft that has five or six viable guys in it. So one of those guys is going to be upset but having to settle for less money, and I just hope it's not with the Vikings. Yeah, I don't think it will be either. I, I think we try sure. to address it in the yeah. draft, and, and at least that's my hope. So. All right, so that's all we got. Let's see. Let's let's see if I can think about all the free agent needs we talked about today. We talked about defensive tackle. We said safety. We said make sure you don't get a kicker or the punter in the draft. Just re-sign the guys you had last year. We decided to bring in an interior lineman, a left guard to push or replace Pat Elfline. And uh, that that was the top of our free agencies in the draft. We're looking at we're looking at offensive tackle. We'd like to see the Vikings get a cornerback, add a wide receiver behind Diggs and Thielen, and then man, a young quarterback would be really fun, y'all. It would it would start twenty twenty the right way. Just a little bit of excitement to add as the Vikings prepare to make another run at the prize we've never got yet. Miles, Ryan, you have anything else to add? I don't. Uh, I'm just excited to see kind of how things shake out for the Vikings. It's been really quiet on the Vikings front the last few weeks, so I'm really excited for like actual news to to <laughs> to be coming. So and just to kind of see who they can retain and if or who they bring in that are you know some outside free agents or even a possible trade. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I'm not sure who's all listening to this and and how much they stay up to date and maybe they use this podcast as a source of information. But uh, one cool thing I just want to throw in there too is um, this week it was announced that we get a, a third round comp pick for Sheldon Richardson uh, leaving last year um, and two extra sevens for Easton um, Nick Easton leaving and uh, Tom Compton. Leaving. 
leaving. So uh, three, three more extra picks to work with in the draft should be fun. There you have it. News and takes from the very first minute to the very last minute, y'all. Miles, Ryan, thanks for joining me. We'll have more of the same as the real news comes in during free agency. So until next time, y'all, skull bikes. Thank you.